You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind, of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to the, you hockey the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devil's fans? It is, as always, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the number one and best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys, as always, are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And uh, as I've mentioned before, you guys are the main driving force for my motivation and, you know, everything like that to continue to put out content and continue to give you guys as much to know about this Devils team um, as much as possible. So again, thank you guys so much. This episode and everything we do at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the awesome people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. As I mentioned Earlier this week, the NBA playoffs are off and running, and DraftKings is giving you guys so many great opportunities to cash out and get huge cash prizes. So go to DraftKings right now, sign up for DraftKings, use our promo code THPN, and tell them Neil Villapiano sent you. Folks, we have what I would consider to be kind of a I don't I I don't know how I would describe this episode, more like a, a fun slash like funny. Like I'm recording this with like a really stupid smile on my face because I think when I look at how the Devils finished this five-game road trip, um, it's kind of crazy because it doesn't feel like that they actually finished with like a 3-1-1 record. It feels more like that they won, that like this game against Vegas was the only one, only win on the road trip that they had. But obviously that's not the case. Um, So obviously we're going to 
quickly go over the game against Vegas, kind of give you guys my thoughts. Um, Devils also made some corresponding moves, some really interesting ones that I think uh, we kind of expected that it was that this this one particular move was going to happen at some point. It was just a matter of when was it going to be the case. Also, we are going to talk a little bit a little bit of uh, Utica Comets hockey because back on Wednesday evening, the Utica Comets uh, accomplished another big milestone that is definitely worth mentioning. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's start with talking about the game Back on, what was it, Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. I can't believe I don't remember this. Back on Monday evening against the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Devils were coming in, last game of the road trip. Uh, after starting off the road trip pretty well, winning the first two games, um, like I mentioned in the last episode, kind of teetered off and lost each of the last two games um, in disappointing or frustrating uh, matters. But they were looking to try to come in to Vegas and not only finish the road trip on a high note, getting their third win, but also knowing that the Vegas Golden Knights are on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff standings. They are trying desperately to get back into one of the two wildcard spots and make the playoffs. And, you know, as much as we don't like to admit it, this was supposed to be a quote-unquote easy game for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's in Vegas. It's at home, obviously. The Devils have been struggling. We had Andrew Hammond in net, who has obviously not played well since he got to New Jersey, we're depleted. Obviously, we're coming in, Connie. We're coming in on somewhat of a low because of the la- how the last two games on the road trip have gone, and it's also obviously towards the end of the season. Um, but I will say this: really, just kind of right off the bat, I was very, very much impressed with how the Devils um, got this one going. I really felt like right away that they were not going to allow Vegas to just kind of skate around them and have chances. Although I will say as the game progressed, Vegas had a ton of opportunities. And I remember a lot of people on social media kind of mentioning it as well, that, you know, Vegas has had a lot of chances in this game to score. They've had a couple breakaways and they just couldn't cash in. They were, they were missing their opportunities. And I, I vividly remember the amount of games this season where the devils would come out like that and they would just miss chance after chance after chance to score and they would end up losing the game. So it was kind of an interesting role reversal that the golden Knights were having this, this many chances. I think it was also very obvious that the golden Knights were playing tight because let's face it, every game at this point of the season matters to them. Nobody, including myself, nobody expected the Vegas golden Knights to be in desperation mode at this point in the season fighting for a playoff spot we all expected certainly when the golden knights acquired jack eichel from buffalo that they were going to have more or less a smooth ride to not only a playoff spot but probably towards the top of the pacific division and right now that is just not the case and um you know say what you want about injuries and things like that the bottom line is that in my opinion the vegas golden knights are like the Brooklyn Nets in a way. And let me explain. The Brooklyn Nets have a lot of talent on their team right now with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. uh, You know, they have Ben Simmons coming into the fold at some point. uh, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Brown. And I know a lot of you guys probably don't care about basketball or know anything about what I'm talking about, but just, just bear with me here. They have a lot of talent. 
But the biggest issue for the Nets throughout the entire season is the lack of chemistry. Um, at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta, the, the best way to win in the playoffs is like team basketball. And, you know, the, the Nets are one of those teams, they just kind of like throw the ball out there and say, let's play, you know, like they're playing at uh, Rucker Park or playing in the, playing in the playgrounds, you know, playground basketball. When I look at Vegas, you look at the amount of talent that they have, right? You look at Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, uh, Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, um, you know, they have Robin Leonard. They did have Marc-Andre Fleury at one point. Um, you know, Max Pacioretty. You know, the list goes on and on and on about the amount of overall talent that this Vegas Golden Knights team has. But more in hockey than really any other sport, chemistry is such a vital thing. You really have to have that if you want to become a very good team. When you look at a team like the um, Tampa Bay Lightning, for an example, the Tampa Bay Lightning, why have they been able to win back-to-back cups? They haven't really changed their roster all that much, maybe t- on the bottom six per se, but more as, you know, you look at it, a lot of those guys have been there for several years playing together. So they have that chemistry. They're able to create really good success and they've been rewarded by winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Vegas, since they got, um, since they lost in the cup final in their first year back at 1718, they have constantly, you know, gone way over the cap to try to get as much talent as possible to win a Stanley Cup. That has been their ultimate goal here in their early um, years of being a franchise. And the reason that it hasn't worked, in my opinion, is that their chemistry is just all off is that they're just going out there saying, we have so much talent that we're going to just overwhelm everybody. And the reality of it is, is it's just not going to work. And again, I know that they've had something like 150 games of manpower that they've lost this year when it comes to injuries. I get that. But at the same time, you know, they don't really have a lot of chemistry. They also don't, quite frankly, have a lot of depth other than their stars. So when they've had to call up guys left and right, Remember, they barely have any like really, really good prospects because they've been trading guys left and right to acquire those big name talent to come here to Vegas and play. So you're kind of seeing it this year in particular that it's all going downhill, that the chemistry is just not there and that possibly this era that Vegas has had to start its history is starting to come to an end. Maybe, just maybe, it's the beginning of their first actual rebuild and it may be very difficult with the amount of money that they've invested in some of these players long term so it's going to be difficult and it puts vegas in a position where they have to try to win but also try to rebuild which is a very which is a recipe for disaster and that's gonna that's just kind of the way i look at it so when I, when I watched the Devils play this game, I really wasn't that intimidated because you're taking on, yeah, you're taking on a talented Vegas team, but you're taking on a depleted and desperate Vegas Golden Knights team. And desperation is something that the Golden Knights really don't seem to do well with. And that's kind of the way I looked at it um, in this one. And the Devils got off to a really good start in this one, just about seven minutes in. Nate Bastion, who since getting back into the lineup has been playing relatively well. He scored the game's first goal on a nice wrist shot and made it one to nothing. And what I loved about the goal was that after he scored, he kind of put his arms up in the air. And obviously they're in Vegas. So it's the enter- it's one of the entertainment entertainment capitals of the world. He kind of gives this look of like, are you not entertained, so to speak? And it was kind of a, a funny situation. Um, his best friend, obviously the uh, the super buddies, as uh, some people like to call it, Michael McLeod got an assist. So did Damon Severson, who continues to have 
from a points perspective and assist perspective, is actually having a career year, which is kind of crazy. And we've talked about before simply that, you know, at this point in the season, we're not necessarily focusing on the team overall. We're looking more at individuals finishing the season strong, finishing career highs and whatever they're going for. And a lot of guys are doing that. And I think that that's vitally important for this team if they want to take that next step towards being that cup playoff contender that we're all um, we're all hoping for. Um, and then you go into the second period. And again, the Devils, it's not like they got outplayed, but obviously, again, the second period was kind of the... Um, not the demise, but it was more of just one of those, again, the period of just the team for some reason in second period just seems to like forget how they played in the first period. Um, Polisar kind of scored it, deflected off um, one of the double skates. I don't remember which one it was. It was a weird goal. It was really a weird goal, uh, but he scored and that tied the game up at one. Um, so at that point, I kind of did feel like, again, that the Devils were going to probably end up losing this one. I didn't think they were going to get blown out. It was more of just, I think they were going to end up losing like three to two or three to one. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the way that I saw it. Um, I saw it unfolding, but after two periods, it is one-to-one. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, this has arguably been the best game. Not even arguably, this has definitely been the best game that Andrew Hammond has played since he got to New Jersey. He looks really strong in net. He seems to be playing confident. He seems to be seeing the puck really, really well. He's not letting soft goals in. And it's, it's important. I think it's, it's very, very important um, for him. Um, what's interesting that I, 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 re- I didn't realize was that he was on the practice squad for the Montreal Canadiens last year. So he was with them when they went through that whole run last year, including playing in Vegas. Um, obviously, he didn't play. He wasn't suited up, but still he was, he was part of that experience. And he said it was really fun um, to play in this type of arena, very unique place. And it's still pretty unique, um, despite that Vegas has been in the league for a couple of years. Same thing with playing in Seattle. I mean, I will say this right off the bat. I am beyond impressed with Seattle Kraken fans that even with the team being as bad as they are, they're an expansion team. They're still, they're still drawing like almost sellouts every single night they're showing so much support. And I think it's great. I really do think it's great. And I think it's important for the league that, uh, Seattle is getting this much um, attention and things like that, um, despite not being a good team. Imagine what will happen when Seattle eventually becomes a really good team. That will be something that we'll definitely want to see. Now, going back to the game, uh, you go into the third period and the Devils, again, I don't know what was said in the locker room going into the third, but whatever was said worked because the Devils came out aggressive they wanted to dictate the pace they didn't want to allow vegas to completely take control of the game although again they still had some really really good chances to score but andrew hammond playing like he was you know a vesna trophy winner in many ways i mean that's what some people were jokingly saying like he was playing in that game he was playing like he had he was you know the second coming of Martin Brodeur at times. He was making great saves. I mean, great saves in situations where I thought Vegas was definitely going to score right in front of the slot, but he was just denying him. It was certainly impressive. And then Andreas Janssen, who I don't even honestly remember the last time he scored. He actually scored on kind of a rebound. He kind of whacked it somewhat out of midair, but kind of whacked it off the pad of uh, Robin Leonard and scored. And that made it two to one, just a little over three minutes into the um 
into the third period. Nate Bastion got his second point. He got an assist on that one. So I was actually one of Bastion's better games this year. Kevin Ball, who since he got called up this last time, has certainly made the most of it. He got himself an assist on that one, which is great. And the Devils were able to regain the lead at 2-1. to one. Then a couple of minutes later, Jesper Boquist, who when you look at the amount of different Devils, this season, who needed to have a year where they really, really kind of took the next step in towards, you know, with regards to their development. Yes, for both was, and we've talked about it at least three or four times over the course of the last couple of months since the last time he got called up. Yes, for Boquist has arguably been the most improved devil from the past um, couple of years. Because when you think about Boquist, right, you think about a guy that at one time was considered our top prospect, right? And he had so much expectation and for whatever reasons, you know, lack of good coaching. Thanks, John Hines, lack of consistent playing time and the expectations, I think, at times for him trying to be a top six scoring winger. It just didn't work out. And you saw him constantly go back down to Utica or Binghamton, whichever we were at the time. And he would constantly put up really good numbers. And you wondered to yourself if he was just going to be more of that minor league guy that Every time he came into the NHL, he just never seemed to get it. Well, this time around, he has certainly gotten it. And I forgot who tweeted it out, but somebody tweeted out, and it was exactly the same opinion that I have. I don't know what Jesper Boquist's main role is going to be long-term. I certainly expect him to be on this team next year. I certainly expect him to be an NHL regular moving forward. I just don't know where he fits on the team. And that's not a knock on him. It's more of just he has goal-scoring ability, but it's not consistent enough to where we feel like we can put him at the top six. So maybe he's just better as like a third line winger that can just bring some good scoring as a depth piece. And that just can't hurt, right? That can't hurt at all. So I think that that might be the best role for him um, moving forward. Uh, but going back to this play, Boquist intercepts the puck, comes into the offensive zone, deeks around or kind of does like this old windmill kind of deke around and he takes a shot and it freezes Robin Leonard to the point where he didn't even know the shot. Boquist took a shot. Even Steve Cangelosi on the call, he thought he thought uh, Robin Leonard had stopped it, but the puck ended up actually in the back of the net. Everybody was surprised about it. Even Boquist didn't react like he had scored a goal until he got up because he got knocked down. But it was a highlight real goal. It was disgusting. It was a disgusting goal, and it was one hell of a goal, I might add. Um, but it was crazy, and Boquist getting himself – his ninth goal, he's one goal away from double digits, which he's already by far having a career year. So I would like to see with six games remaining in the season, six, five, six games, whatever it is, I'd like to see him get one more goal to get to double digits because I think that would be very important for him. You could see the confidence growing in Boquist. You could see it, and it's great to see, and, I, and that was a great goal. And most importantly, it's now a two-goal lead with about 12 minutes to go in the game. Now, as we all know, you knew that it wasn't going to end up being three to one. You knew that the Devils were either going to somehow find a way to maybe get another goal and put this one away, or that Vegas was going to have one last push at the end of the game. And that's exactly what happened, the latter, uh, with Chandler Stevenson, who's having arguably one of his best seasons of his career, has 18 goals. He's two away from 20. Um, he scored a goal um, from, the, from the sharp uh, right side, which made it three to two with a minute, <laughs> a minute uh, 14 to go in the game. And, and I remember saying to myself, Oh God, are we about to blow a two goal lead again? And a minute 14 for the devils is like an eternity. And so, and because the devils don't do well with 
scoring empty netters. Why would I think that the Devils were going to find a way to get an empty net goal and, uh, and, and or prevent themselves from giving up the tying goal? But for some reason, they were able to lock it down. They blocked a couple of shots, although Vegas did have one or two really good chances at the end to score. And I did, and I know it sucks to be this negative, but you got you to gotta understand where I'm coming from. All of you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, they, ended up, uh, <laughs> they ended up locking it down, and the Devils won the game which was awesome in several different ways. Number one, it's Andrew Hammond's first win as a devil, his fourth of the season. Cause remember he played, he won a couple of games with Montreal earlier this year, um, but he wins this one. Um, the devils finished the road trip with an impressive three, one and one record, which is crazy to think about um, when I looked at it, because I remember I had recorded um, right after the Islanders game, couple weeks ago, if you remember, then I got sick, as I told you guys, and I've been dealing with stuff left and right health-wise the last couple of weeks. Um, luckily, I'm, I'm kind of towards the end of it now, uh, as you can tell by the way I'm talking and everything like that. But I remember going on a rant and saying to myself that I didn't think that the Devils were going to win one game on this road trip. And fast forward to today, the Devils finished that road trip 3-1-1, one of their better road trips of the season. And yeah, the Devils are a much better road team than they are a home team, um, which I, you know, that's just what it is. It, it that that has been the case uh, for the last couple of years, but that was really good. And not only that, the percentage for the Golden Knights to make the playoffs went from something like I think it was like fifty-seven percent to all down to like twenty-three percent with that loss. I mean, it really put massive pressure on Vegas. And I remember <laughs> the best part was. Kings fans and Stars fans, um, and I think it was Canucks fans as well, were constantly shouting all of the Devils accounts, including mine, out saying, thank you so much for beating Vegas and beating them in regulation. It was very funny. And that's kind of the fun part about this point in the season when you don't have a lot to play for, so you like to play spoiler to other teams. And that's kind of what we did in this position. So it was fun. Um, Andrew Hammond got the first star of the game, getting himself the win because he ended up stopping 42 of 44 shots. That was one of the better goaltending performances we've had this season. Um, so shout out to the Hamburglar for getting himself that victory. And, uh, look, I mean, we all know that Andrew Hammond and also John Gillies are not going to be on this team next year, but I think for them, obviously they want to go out and try to win as many games as possible. Uh, I don't know who will end up being the starter, uh, today, um, if you're listening to this on Thursday, today, uh, tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to point out was uh, Amanda Stein asked Nico Heischer after the game uh, his reaction to the Jesper Boquist goal. And he was just like, yeah, ew. You know, that was kind of the simple reaction to it. Um, and that really was kind of like the case. It was a highlight real goal. It was a very, very impressive goal from Jesper Boquist got to be his his most impressive goal he's ever scored um and again he has really really improved this year and i'm looking forward to him continuing to improve because i think he can help this team um long term especially being on that bottom six adding that depth scoring which is something that this team certainly needs uh when our top guys are having games where they're not really getting a whole lot going so all in all very successful road trip. Great way to end it because not only do you, do you win, you win in regulation, which kind of hurts the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And at the time of this recording, when you look at 
the wild card standings. Currently, Vegas, they did win on Wednesday night in overtime against Washington. So with four games to go in the season for Vegas, they are two points behind Dallas um, for the second wild card spot, and they're four behind Nashville. So Vegas is not out of it by any means. It's going to have to come down to the, to the last game of the season. But it would be great if the Vegas maybe misses out by like two points or even a point, and we can kind of look at ourselves from a Dallas perspective and say we were, you know, maybe not the biggest reason, but towards the end of the season, a late, um, you know, dub for us to kind of keep Vegas out. Look, most of the hockey world wants to see Vegas uh, learn what it's like to fail at expectations and miss out on the playoffs for the first time. Because remember, they have yet to miss the playoffs since they've uh, been in the league. So they're on the verge of potentially missing the playoffs for the first time in their history. And I'll be very honest with you, even if they do make the playoffs, do not expect them to go far because this is still a very depleted team. They are getting healthy, yes, but the cohesiveness is not there. So I will just say that. But all in all, good, good win for the team. Good way to finish the road trip. And hopefully now, when you look at the schedule for the Devils moving forward, we currently have six games to go in the season, four at home, two on the road. Let's just try to win as many of those as possible. Let's try to finish the season on a high note and kind of go from there. It starts with Thursday night's game at home against Buffalo, a winnable game. Although Buffalo has been playing better, it's still a winnable game. So let's let's take a let, let's uh, let's hope that the Devils can do that. And I should mention, by the way, I will be at the game tonight at um, at the Prudential Center. Uh, this will be my last game of the season. All I'm asking for, because I've mentioned it before, that it's been a couple of years since the last time I saw the Devils win in person. Just win the game. I don't care if it's an overtime shootout, blow. It doesn't matter. Just win the game. Because I would like one time this season to leave Prudential Center seeing a win. That would just make me feel better. So that would just make me feel good. So that's all I'm hoping for. Um, and we'll see where things go uh, from there. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry. You can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, the next thing I wanted to quickly discuss with you guys was some corresponding moves that the Devils made. So the first one was, once again, A.J. Greer gets sent down from the Devils, goes back to Utica, which is a good thing for Utica because A.J. Greer has been one of the better goal scorers and point getters on the Utica Comets since the season began. Um, you know, it's, it's tough about A.J. Greer because I keep thinking that there's something there, but every time he comes and plays with the Devils, just nothing really happens. And, uh, you know, it, it, again, he might be one of those guys that's just better as a minor leaguer than he is an NHL player. And I don't mean to say that with uh, disrespect or anything like that. It's more of just I see the amount of goals he scored, the amount of points he's put up and say, 
Could he be like a sneaky guy that we didn't expect that could do something? Maybe if he got a longer opportunity, maybe so. But, you know, it just hasn't been the case this year. That was kind of the first move. Now, the next two moves were a little bit surprising, but one of them was to be expected at some point. The Devils yesterday, on April 20th, recalled defenseman Nikita Ahoychuk from Utica of the AHL. And then they also, with the same, in a corresponding move, they reassigned goaltender Nico Dawes to the Comets. So Nico Dawes' time with the Devils this season is over. And because he played in fewer than 25 games this season, going into next year, he will still be considered a rookie, which I don't know if that's a good thing, I guess, from a financial perspective, that he still won't be making a whole lot. Um, but also, the Devils knew at some point, especially now with having Andrew Hammond, having John Gillies, and the possibility of maybe Mackenzie Blackwood playing a game or two at the end of the season because the Devils have been carrying four goaltenders the last couple of games. That now, I think, is a be- good time as any for Nico Dawes to finally go down back to Utica, play a couple of games because they still have a couple of games up to go in the season before the playoffs start. Not necessarily get confidence, but get on a winning path and go from there. Um, the Utica comments have been kind of up and down of late, um, which is a little bit concerning, but they've still been able to win some games regardless. So I think that's important. And we'll talk about Utica in just a minute. Um, but yeah, you look at you look at Nico Dawes and you say, overall, you know what? Despite the situation he got put in, I think he handled it pretty well. There were several games this year where he was really good in net and the Devils just couldn't support him. Maybe, just maybe, Nico Dawes is one of those long-term solutions in net. Uh, I I still think he's not fully ready for NHL time. Maybe next year, I think certainly he'll be in training camp competing for one of those spots. Um, Also, it'll depend on what else the Devils do in net moving forward. There's going to be a lot of questions about that in the offseason, and certainly we'll see what the Devils decide to do. But I think Nico... He has to feel relatively good about the fact that he stayed, he was strong in net in many games. Um, you know, I still remember when he got his first win in the NHL against Buffalo. Uh, it was an overtime, but he played really well in net, and it was it was really good. It was early in the season. Um, but he's had some up and ups and downs, but he's a rookie, and uh, he'll still be a rookie next year, but he's going to go into next season with some confidence. And also, the hope is, is that he can help Utica make a long run in the Calder Cup playoffs, which would give him even more confidence moving forward. Still very, very young in his development. So, I mean, I will say this, pretty job well done. Arguably the most consistent goaltender we've had out of the seven we've had this year, who not only could stay healthy, but also was able to play strong in net in a lot of the games that he played. So shout out to Nico Dawes for the job that he did. As far as Nikita Ahoychuk, he actually was supposed to get called up a couple months ago, if you remember, with uh, Riley Walsh. But then we had that whole thing where it was like a COVID outbreak um, and they kind of screwed it up where they both had to go back down to Utica because they, you know, because of course money moves and they got COVID and things like that. So they never came back up. Now Nikita Hoychuk's getting his first opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. Uh, I don't know if he'll play tonight, Thursday against Buffalo. I I think it would be kind of cool for me because then I get to see somebody, another young kid plays make his NHL debut. He's another one of our uh, young defensive prospects. Pretty big guy. I think he's like 6'3". Um, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. I'm sure he's excited to get a couple of games in to um, to play in the NHL and uh, hopefully it gives him some more confidence when he goes back down to Utica because he'll certainly go back down to Utica 
at some point. Um, because again, we are about a week and change away. Net a week from Friday will be the last game of the season. Um, which now that I think about it, is kind of sad that the season is coming to an end. Um, and we'll kind of we'll kind of recap the whole season um, once we get to that point. Um, but still, Nikito Hoichuk gets himself an opportunity. Nico Dawes finally gets to go back down to Utica, which is important. Uh, so now Dawes and Schmid, for the first time in quite some time, uh, will be the goaltending tandem for Utica, uh, which has been a massive success since the season started. Um, Chuck is 21 years of age. He's a physical, uh, gritty type player. He's only 6'1", although I think he plays bigger than 6'1". 195, he's Russian native. He has three goals, 12 points in 68 penalty minutes in 63 games for the Utica Comets. He was the Devils' second round pick, 61st overall, back in 2019. So um, this is kind of an interesting uh, situation. Um, and also, again, do I think that Mackenzie Blackwood plays at some point this season? I'll be very honest with you and say probably not, because although Dawes now is going down and we're down to three goaltenders, we haven't really heard anything about where Blackwood is with regards to his development. We know he's been practicing with the team, but we haven't heard anything about is he getting close? Uh, could we get a surprise like we did with Miles Wood? It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's possible that the um, – that he could do that. But I just, I have a tough time seeing that, but you never know. You never know what could happen um, with these situations. So all we could do is just kind of sit around and wait and kind of go from there. But again, Nico Dawes will get a chance to play out the rest of his rookie year, so to speak, with the Utica Comets, something I'm sure Utica and uh, my boys at Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast are certainly thrilled to have him back. And uh, hopefully he can play a couple of games and uh, help Utica continue to finish the season on a high note. And speaking of the Utica Comets, got a little bit of, we got a little bit of Comets hockey to talk about here on this one. So last night on April 20th, the Utica Comets came away with a tight but big win, 4-3 against, um, against Cleveland. Um, I can't remember their, first, their actual team name, but they did uh, – beat Cleveland 4-3, and with that win, their record now is 41-19-8-1. But the biggest thing about that is that the Utica Comets have officially clinched the North Division. So congratulations to them. They were able to clinch a playoff spot earlier this week, although it was kind of a struggle to get to that point. But they were able to do just that, which I think is awesome. And like I said, they were able to win this game, which was – um which was great. I'm, I'm very happy for the Utica Comets. It was kind of only a matter of time that they were going to eventually clinch that playoff spot and kind of go from there. And that's, uh, that's great. And uh, I saw something from AHL communications on Twitter at AHLPR. Um, they said the Utica Comets have won the 2021 22 North division title, their first division crown since 2014, 15 and the first by a devil's affiliate since 1997 1998 and that was when they were the albany river rats so that shows you how long ago uh it's been but i am beyond happy that the utica comets have uh won their division they're making the playoffs they're going to be one of the top teams in the eastern conference going into the playoffs and uh i'm really looking forward to it and, and i remember talking to the guys at marty's illegal hockey stick which is all about Utica hockey. Please go check them out. I've been on there a couple of times. Definitely be on there again. 
I'm talking about the possibility once the playoffs start to go up there, maybe do a live show for you guys and uh, do some stuff up there and uh, hang out with the boys because I really enjoy talking with them. And uh, we'll go from there. But I am uh, I'm thrilled that Utica could um, could get in. I also want to say shout out to Alexander Holtz with the nastiest of nasty goals I've seen. He got he scored a goal through his legs, kind of almost backhanded. It shows you how impressive Alexander Holtz needs four more goals to reach 30 this year. You can definitely see that, that Alexander Holtz is taking that next step in his development. And uh, the more success I see from this team, the more I look at Kevin Dinines, I think he should be, especially if the Devils do decide to move on from Lindy Ruff, which I, I really think they should, but I feel like they won't. But if they do, I think Kevin Dineen is a really good option um, because of just what he's been able to do. But maybe the Devils decide to keep him in Utica because of how well he's developed. But still, I think that Kevin Deneen could really bring a different um, a different perspective. I do think the Devils need a different voice in the locker room. Um, and we'll talk about that more, especially if the Devils do decide to move on from Lindy Ruff. Um, and I'm going to try my best through my sources to see if I can get any sort of idea as to where that is. Um, I certainly think that if the Devils were to finish the season like I hope this doesn't happen, but let's say they lose their last six games of the season, finish the season on a six-game losing streak. Um, that would be, for me, the way that uh, that I, I would say, yeah, I think they do need a new voice. And there's some really enticing options um, as coaches. And I, and I do think that, especially because, as we've found out, that Lindy Ruff's on a three-year contract. I mean, has he shown enough to earn the opportunity to come back next year? I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, it's tough to say, but there's obviously a lot of questions with this team, as we already know. Uh, but all in all, going back to Utica, shout out to the comments, man. Shout out to all the fans up in Utica. You guys have been absolutely awesome since we came back and you guys became an affiliate of us again. You guys have really loved this team. You love the players on this team. They have fan clubs like Balls Army. Shout out to those guys. I love it. I'm loving every single bit of it. And you can see how much the players are feeding off of it. And this is exciting. I'm so much looking forward to seeing what they could do in the playoffs. And again, hopefully they can make a long run because I think it would be very beneficial to the development of a lot of the young players that we have on this team. So uh, yeah, Utica Comets winning the North Division. First time a Devils affiliate has won a division since 1997-1998. And now it's about finishing the season uh, on a high note and getting ready for what should be a long, long run in the Calder Cup playoffs. And who knows? Maybe the Devils could win a championship this year if all things go right.